0: All right, hey! Uh, welcome to the Four E Podcast. I'm Micah. I'm uh, sitting in this lovely home of Russell's in my same spot on his couch, and he's over there on his chair and a, a half. Yes, it is a chair <laughs> and a half. I think we've talked about this. We have. I a just, podcast. I just love that it's a chair and a half. Yeah. Here we are. Here we, we are. Had. We had like two episodes in May. We have a new and nothing podcast. in June, and yeah. Yeah, here we are in July. It probably won't drop till August, if we're gonna be honest. Wow. It's like mid July. We're not even halfway through July. <laughs> Just trying to set the bar really low, so okay. if I actually get it out in July, I'll feel pretty good. Okay. <laughs> but here we are. Uh, we got a double tasting today of uh, Daisy Cutter from Half Acre, mm-hmm. and double Daisy Cutter, fully saturated. Fully double saturated Daisy Cutter. Excuse me. Yes. Because they've had other double Daisy Cutters, but this one. This one is. Fully saturated. Were the other ones like half saturated, partial saturated? I mean, they've had like different hop varieties and I think other forms of a double IPA or double pale ale or whatever. But this one, to distinguish it, is fully saturated. Got it. And you haven't had this one. I've not had this one. I've had other double daisy cutters, but not the fully saturated. Yeah. Well, before we get there, please subscribe to the 4E podcast. Yes, this is the 4E podcast. And the 4E's are. Oh, gosh. So uh, it is water, yeast, grain, and hops. Yes. And we're going to talk a lot about yeast later. Yes. Well, a little bit about yeast. Probably not a lot, but yes. We'll talk about all four elements at some point through the podcast. And that's why it's the 4E podcast. Absolutely. And then we'll talk about, well, there'll be a lot of water discussion as well. Yeah, so there will. Yeah, definitely will. Water, these grain yeah. and hops. Yeah, we'll talk about them all. Yeah, absolutely. So or or your money back. Let's not make that promise. Well, I mean, it's a free podcast. Well, so. let's. let's. <laughs> <laughs> not make that promise. All right, retract that. I uh I want to, on behalf of the 4E Podcast, I'd like to apologize. Yes, um, we do not offer money back. Guarantees. We do not. Yeah, we don't offer free things back to people. Right, because at some point we're going to start charging. Yeah, right. <laughs> Hopefully, I guess that's the goal. But I don't think yeah. we're going to get we're there when with five only, five people. fans. <laughs> only fans. Actually, there's a beer called Only Cans. Have you seen that? I've not, but okay. I'm not surprised. I think that's kind of funny as, far as they haven't gotten sued because the i mean it looks just like the logo there's a lot of ip theft in craft beer yeah that's true i don't know how much there's how much people are actually pursuing you know this ip theft but it's it's pretty rampant should ask my brother about that he's sure ip lawyer yeah so. go for it but he could only speak for indiana and i think he's got his license in missouri all right so he's got those two I think there's some reciprocation in Illinois. There's gotta be. I don't know. Sure. This is not a lawyer podcast, so yeah. let's move on. We don't we don't know the law. But subscribe to the 4E Podcast. But also follow uh Russell slash the 4E podcast uh Instagram yeah. and Twitter, sort of. Well there is a Twitter account. Yeah. And but follow me yeah. on Instagram. Follow the podcast on Instagram. At the 4E Podcast. Also on Twitter, at the 4E Podcast, but much more content on Instagram. Yeah. And where can you find this podcast? So obviously, I want you to listen to but. Yeah, just about anywhere Spotify, uh, Apple, Apple, Stitcher, Google, Google, uh, Amazon. Amazon, yep. And wherever fine podcasts are found. That's right. And probably where some unfine podcasts are found. Actually, probably. Yeah. Yeah. So. For being honest. Yeah. TBH. Okay. <laughs> So, yeah. So I think that we've got our boilerplate stuff down. That, yeah, that sounds great. I do want to make a retraction from a previous episode. We had mentioned that my parents listen on uh, like a, a Amazon Alexa. Alexa type device. No dice. It's actually a Google. So hey, Google, <laughs> play Micah's podcast. <laughs> Does it know? Does Google know it's Mike? This is Micah's podcast. Oh or did your parents call it that? Oh I don't know. Hey Google, play the 4E podcast. We gotta have pause. Po- hey Google, play the 4E podcast. Oh so yeah, you gotta have the pause. Yeah, that's key. That is key. Yeah. 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 Anyway, so hopefully that works. And yeah. I don't know where to go from this except to just jump into the beers. Because yeah. I really want to drink beer right now. Absolutely, let's do it. So we're gonna start with the the original, the OG uh, of the daisy cutters, mm-hmm. are we? Yeah. Okay, so this is a pretty, uh, I think you can get this a lot of places. It's pretty well distributed. Daisy Cutter by uh, half acre. Yes. Um, uh, I mean, I, I don't know their distribution footprint, but it, you can get it anywhere in the Chicagoland area and probably yeah. most of the rest of Illinois, I'd imagine. Parts of Wisconsin. Probably other places too. They're yeah. a fairly big uh, local brewery, so. Yeah. It just came in um, 12 pack. Mm hmm. Uh, 12 ounce but i think before they were tall tall ones weren't they the pint uh or 16 ounce so they still sell a four pack of 16 ounce cans yeah uh you went for the 12 pack of 12 ounce cans right but and didn't it down. usually only come in the 16 ounces? It, it is a newer thing within the last year or two that okay. they've um that they've gone to the 12 packs they've they've had a few other beers that are available in in 12 packs but traditionally they've been a 16 ounce four pack type of place um you know for pretty much as long as I can remember it was the the four packs and and then I was pretty excited when they uh, made the jump to the 12 pack because it's pretty good deal for the amount of beer yeah and the quality that you're getting yeah I did the math and it became cheaper by the ounce if I got the absolutely 12 pack so I went that route so yeah it's just a silver can what kind of beer is Daisy Cutter oh sorry it's a pale ale yes yes so they, they describe it as a west coast style pale ale pale ale okay. so american pale ale mm-hmm. not so not to be confused with a an ipa right and in india pale ale this right is just an american yeah style so, pale ale so usually american style pale ales and the west coast style pale ales they're um they're hoppy like the ipas like an american ipa would be they're just usually Lower ABV, less hoppy, so a little bit easier drinking typically. Um, So that kind of what separates like an American or West Coast pale ale from an American or West Coast IPA, India pale ale. So just kind of, like I said, lower ABV, less hoppy, a little more approachable for someone who might not like IPAs, um, but still want a little bit of that hop. The pale ales are, are a nice option for that. Yeah, so uh, half acre beer company located in Chicago. Uh, I found something on Google said that they, they were founded in two thousand seven, but they opened their brewery, their original location on, on uh, I believe Lincoln Avenue, was uh, opened in two thousand eight. Since then, they have moved. Well, they had two locations for a long time. They opened the Balmoral Brewery, um, which was a, a much bigger facility in 2015, and went from like a 13,000 square foot space to a 60,000, so they really upgraded. And um, they had two for a while, and just recently sold the Lincoln location to another Chicago brewery, Hop Butcher for the yep, World. that's right. Yeah, that was fairly, what, the last few months? Yeah, this spring it was announced, which is a really cool thing, because Hop Butcher is a great local brewery. And they were sharing space, and now they get to jump out on their own. So that's a little background on Half Acre, and they they do a lot of different types of beers. They're not like a, you know, specializing one. They they kind of go the spectrum, go the spectrum of yeah. beer of beer styles. Yeah, as a, a large brewery typically does. So just the description on the website for anybody who hasn't had it, uh, Daisy Cutter Pale Ale is one of the first beers we brewed at our brewery on Lincoln Avenue. It began as a special release bomber beer, but caught fire both in and outside the brewery. At the time, 2009, there were some local pale ales that hit with natural power, but not many. Daisy Cutter's lush and dank characteristics steadily carved out a place within the Chicago brewing landscape. Today, Daisy Cutter is a call brand that we continue to keep raw and relevant. It's a call brand. Interesting. Anyway, blended pine, citrus, papaya, and mango. Dank, apparent biscuit, lingering, obscurely dry. 5.2 ABV. So there you go. So started off as a special. Went, got really popular, and it's one of their flagships now. It's it's really crazy to me that it started off as like a special release bomber. That like a, a West Coast style pale ale would, would have that. Because I don't... you you think of, I think of beer now as like special releases are, are more like stouts and um, you you see like Belgians and just kind of some other types of beer that are, that are coming in the, those bombers or sours a lot too, but like a, a West Coast style pale ale, but like that was, you know, a cutting edge beer style in 2008, 2009 when they're, when they're brewing it. But yeah, it's just it's crazy to me that that that's kind of how it started. Yeah, and uh, this is pretty much their flagship beer. It's you know I I would guess it's their most popular. It's most I would say it's their most well known. It's the one that I I first heard about. Half Acre was this beer. Yeah, I think it was the first I had. Actually, I think my one of my first remembrances, remembrances memories. Let's go with that of having Tasty Cutter was at your cousin's wedding in New York. Yeah. And I remember having it and I'm like, I thought it was almost too happy. I didn't like it at the time, but mm. spoiler alert, I actually do like it now, yeah. so uh, so yeah. Let's uh, let's open it up and since you're already talking about how it tastes, <laughs> let's uh, crack it open and uh, see how that happiness is treating you now. Yeah. Let's see how Mike pours as well one into a pint glass and it's a 12 ounce can so there should be plenty of room I think I'm gonna make it and I have room to spare alright good job I should note the 12 ounce can silver silver and gray can has a, a illustration of some daisies, daisies yes. a field of daisies actually mentions has uh along the lip of the can mentions Lincoln on one side and Balmoral on the other on the side has the uh information about it and the half acre brewing company logo yeah pretty nice pretty basic yeah the lincoln location was still under half acre control i think like the last week or two they announced their closure was coming uh upcoming so then the transition will happen so they still own or they're still at lincoln for now but it's uh the closure is coming so obviously when this was canned lincoln was still yeah around still around Let's so take a look. It's a nice, um, it's a nice color, nice golden, golden color. Oh, you know, ambery, not, uh, not ambery. No, not ambery. <laughs> not ambery at all. Um, it's like golden. Yeah. Or it's or golden maybe color. like a bronzy is one. Um, but it's a nice, nice color. What you would expect from an American pale ale. Fruity smell. Yeah. Very fruity on the nose. <sighs> <It> smells good. <laughs> yeah. Well, roast roast. Yeah, that's it's a nice beer. I think I like it even more than the last time I had it. <laughs> definitely more than when we were in New York, but uh, yeah. But that uh, that is good. I I guess my palate has definitely changed. Yeah, you weren't really into IPAs then. No, I I liked a few pale ales. There's the Schlafly's, in St. Louis has a nice pale ale. Uh, I liked. Yeah, this is uh, more, more happy than I would I would say a lot more happy than the than the Schlafly's. Yeah, I, I'd say the. The profile on this is a hoppier than I would expect from uh, just a regular pale ale. You know, a lot of American style pale ales do have that hoppiness to them, uh, but this mm. is almost, you know, reminiscent of like what I would expect from an IPA. Mm-hmm. And I think that might be the differentiator and why it's like a West Coast pale ale as opposed to like just a general American uh, pale ale because I think when I think of like the West Coast style of IPAs and pale ales, I think more hoppy. Mm -hmm. And when I think of like American pale ales and American IPAs, like those are usually a little more, have a little more malt balance, Mm -hmm. you know, like two hearted is hoppy, but it's got a lot of malt balance to it. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think that's why a lot of people like it and can drink it. Um, Whereas this is the malt balance isn't quite there. And it's a lot more hop forward Mm -hmm. um, than you would expect from a pale ale, but it's, It's great, and it's really well done. And it's even for us hoppies, it is so really drinkable, I think. Oh, yeah. And I think that was part of my, uh, I guess, almost mild surprise when I had it in New York. And I was like, oh, it's a pale ale. Like, I'm thinking Schlafly's. And I drank it, and I was like, oh, this is a lot more hoppy, reminiscent of more of an IPA. Mm -hmm. But yeah, that makes sense. If you call it a West Coast pale ale, that kind of implies a little more of the happiness. Yeah, I tend to think more hop. Yeah, that makes sense. It's a nice, like I said, it's a nice beer. I do get that, like, lingering bitter finish that I would get from a, a nice IPA or a nice hoppy beer, and I appreciate that, because that's what I kind of look for when I want this type of beer, is that, like, lingering hoppy finish. And so I appreciate that, but still, like, kind of makes me want to drink more and more and kind of keep going back to it. That's so. mm-hmm. yeah, good. Yeah, I was looking back at like the description. I definitely get the pine, although it's not like as piney as a lot of IPAs can be. Mm-hmm. Um, pine and citrus, I don't know if I could pick out like the mango portion of it. I feel like that's more on the nose, that fruity, yeah, I think that smell, yeah. I think that was more on the nose. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'd say it's a little more, a little more citrusy. Dank is a, a good descriptor too, I think that's got it. I always feel like that's a funny description. Almost, I think dank is like, like bad. Like, they're like, man, smells kind of dank in this room. It's Russell. Dank like, basement. Yeah. Like, I'm just like, always, whenever I see brewers who say, uh, use the description as dank, I'm like, is that really a positive thing? Isn't it a positive thing when you're, you're talking about pot? It's not, <laughs> it's not a... That's legal here. It is legal in our state. <laughs> Recreational use is legal in our in the state of Illinois. Uh but that that isn't that like a good thing for I mean yeah, this is not a this is not a pot podcast. <laughs> There's probably tons of those. Whenever we bring up pot, I'd like to mention that my dad grew pot. Did I tell you the story? <laughs> Did I not? I don't don't remember, but my dad worked for a time, well, this is, I don't know how how many, it was only, they were only there for a short time in Atlanta, Georgia. You don't think of the Sage family as being Georgians. No. But my dad worked for the Georgia Bureau of Investigation in their crime lab, so thanks CSI, but not nearly as cool. (laughs) All right. And I guess they did, whenever they do a drug bust, they also collect seeds, I think, and Uh, At least at the time, there was no way to tell what the seeds were until you grew them. (laughs) And so you would uh, get some dirt, put it in a coffee mug, and put the seeds in there, water it, and put it up on the windowsill and (laughs) and grow it to see if... At home? No, not at home. No, no. No, no. That sounds suspicious. (laughs) Absolutely not. No, just at the lab. But uh, so they had to grow... At least that's the story I was told. Dad, if you're listening, you can... You can correct me, yeah. and I'll uh, make a retraction next time. But, uh, yeah, anyway. So, dank, pot, not a pot podcast. Yeah. Back to the beer. <laughs> back to the beer. Should we uh, smoothly or not smoothly transition to the double so we can kind of have a, sure. a back and forth? Yeah. I mean, I think this this is going to be kind of a, a very different type of uh, beer, so we can we can certainly... Take a look at a fully saturated double daisy cutter, um, which is called a double pale ale. And as opposed to regular daisy cutter, which was 5.2 ABV, this one is 8%. Um, so definitely a little stronger. And I think this is more of a, of a hazy. So it's an East Coast pale ale? Or New England pale oh. ale? Yeah, <laughs> usually New England. Or just hazy. Just a hazy. Yeah, you just call it hazy. So, the came in 16 ounce cans, four pack. Now, it's a special release, so it's got the sticker label rather than the regular daisy cutter came just like a regular beer can. Yeah, in it's front. like I mean, completely imprinted. Right. So, it's got a pink background, similar daisy imagery, and obviously says, you know, fully saturated double daisy cutter on it. Yeah, it looks like the daisies on it are. Are they wilting? <laughs> yeah, or are they like. Getting wet and those are like supposed oh. to be water. Maybe it is water coming out, or like something coming out because it's fully saturated. So like, oh. like stuff is coming out of the middle. I think yeah. that's the that could be it. Kind of the imagery that they're going for for a picture of what we're talking about. Check out the Instagram. That's right. You will get the beautiful pictures. Let's uh, open this one up and yeah. take a look. What kind of room do I have with this glass? Less. So I'm not gonna fit at all. You're probably not gonna fit at all. It's gonna be tough. I always find it tough if I if I do just a normal uh pint glass or anything that's sixteen ounces with a pint can because you do want a little bit of a head. So I always do struggle a bit of getting everything no, in on one. I'm not like, gonna get it all on one. Yeah, I'm like just just missing it. So yeah. kinda of bummed about that. I didn't over pour, but I do have a bigger head than, than yours. Yeah. Just as uh, the description from the website on this one, uh, rich, actually that's all caps, rich. (laughs) Fresh from the farmer's market flavors of local strawberries, peach candy, and, uh, and smoothie surprise smoothie surprise all right this was the beer that pulled us into the spectrum of full density and working with yeast blends that offer us the plush haze uh sorry the plush haze experience that would make us happy still at it still happy with how this beer hits full distribution uh for the month of july and here we are in july here we are in july yeah so definitely looks like a hazy yeah very different in terms of the the color. Uh you know it's dense. way way darker. There's no light getting through that. Yeah, there's not a light not a lot of light coming through when you hold it up. Yeah. So But it's a nice like orange, almost like an orange juice. Yeah. Type of a color. Does look like a, a juicy Yeah. Ooh. Oh yeah. That nose is really good. Yeah. I definitely get like peach on the nose, like they were saying. Yeah, I get that too. Alright, well well, Prost again. Prost. Hmm. Mm-hmm. That's nice. That is nice. Yeah. I don't know how quite to explain it. But it is nice. It's um it's not too it's it's not very happy, I don't think. Uh you get a little bit of hop bitterness at the finish. Yeah. Not a ton, but there is a little bit of, the, of that there. I mean that's where you get the hops are where you're gonna get that strawberry and peach type of like flavors and aromas that those are from the hops mm-hmm. so you know it's hoppy because of how aromatic it is but yeah i would say drinks lighter than i would think an eight percent would i feel like i say that a lot about hazies but they they tend to trick me with when they're around that seven eight percent yeah um uh, some of them do i should say um and this this definitely fits that category as i as i take my first few sips a little bit of bitterness, but like Kind of a, I guess, smoothie is what they use, but, like, almost like a little bit of a creaminess up front, too. It's true, yeah. I forgot that, yeah. I mean, I, I'm the one who just read it, like, seconds ago. But, yeah. Smoothie surprise. So yeah. I could see that. That's a good description. Yeah. There's, like, it's, like, a little, little creamy up front, but not, like, too much, like, they added, you know, like vanilla or lactose which gives you like those like creamier milkshake smoothie style ipas these are so it, it's just kind of just a little bit there um with that really nice kind of hop finish but it doesn't linger i feel like the hot bitterness lingered longer with the regular daisy cutter than it does for this one i'm trying to formulate this thought but kind of thinking out loud if somebody were just to pour these in glasses and i didn't know where they came from i wouldn't connect these two as being sort of a daisy cutter or the same umbrella of yeah so i think it's i wonder if part of this and maybe it's the marketer in me but i almost feel like they're just using the daisy cutter brand to help push this beer Yep, yeah, probably which i don't think it needs a, that to push it because it's a good beer on its own like i don't think they needed the daisy cutter branding it could have just been its own but that's just a marketer in me i guess I, I i like this beer i like them both i like that you mentioned the smoothie thing again i think that kind of almost hits it there yeah i mean it's not fruity like a smoothie but the smooth f- yeah i don't know mouth, mouth feel. Feel, if you will i you hate, hate that term. i hate that term so much it's kind of an ambiguous term too. It's kind of how oh, like, it feels in your mouth. Alright. Just so weird. This but. feels like a smoothie in my mouth. The mouthfeel is that of a smoothie. <laughs> These are just different ways of saying the same thing. Alright. But yeah, I mean, I don't mind the fact that they're using like the kind of daisy cutter name for this beer. You know, it's not the first double daisy cutter that they've released. It's probably won't be the last. No. I'm sure we don't have the recipe for either of these in front of us. Um, I don't even see, like, the hops listed that they use. No. So uh, I'm sure there are, there's some type of connection between the two that they have on, uh, on the back end for why they're doing that as opposed to just, like, under the, under the umbrella of Half Acre and throwing the Daisy Cutter name out. But, like, I think it's, it's, it doesn't bother me at all. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. i it's quabbling. uh squabbling, quabbling Squibbling I'll let you figure this one out. Still thinking. <laughs> well anyway <laughs> Let's just move on. Can't think of the word. But yes, uh I think it's just uh, uh, nitpicking. It's nitpicking really yeah. on my on my part. It's not not a big deal that they don't taste like they're from the same family, if you will. But yeah. Well, they're completely like, if you think of West Coast IPAs and Pale Ales versus Hazy's, they're they're both under the umbrella of IPA Pale Ale or whatever, but they're they're very different overall. So, how much connection is there other than lots of hops, right? So, I guess that's the yeah the question you go with. So, but yeah, I mean, if Daisy Cutter is going to make a hundred different. Double Daisy Cutter versions, and they're all going to be this kid. I'm just going to. I'm. I'll probably just buy them all and just try them whenever they, whenever I come across them. Now, when I mentioned this, when we're talking uh, doing our show prep, yeah. <laughs> uh, Stop laughing. I asked if uh, if you had it before. You said you've had other versions of it. Yeah, I've had other ones that were called Double Daisy right. Cutter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So have you? But you haven't had this specific one. Mm-hmm. Can you recall? How this one compares to any of the other ones, or has it been so far um, removed that you can't remember? The one that comes to mind initially—it was a few years ago, but it was—it was really just like a bigger version of Daisy Cutter. So that one is probably more of that through line that you're looking f- that you would be looking for, where it's like, hey, this is you know regular Daisy Cutter, and um, then the. The one that I specifically remember was a double daisy cutter. It was still more of like the you know West Coast style or American style type, a darker color than regular daisy cutter, just multier, bigger, higher ABV. It's kind of what I recall it being. I expected this to be different, just knowing because I'd seen it like on their Instagram page and, and kind of read a little description. I was like, oh, this, this is going to be you know uh, more of a hazy version of. Of the Daisy Cutter, that um, and the double Daisy Cutter version. So I, I knew this one would be different, but yeah, that was kind of. I, I think if we did that double with regular Daisy Cutter, you would probably see the connection a little more mm-hmm. than making that jump to this hazy. Yeah, but again, if you know if you're 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 moving from regular Daisy Cutter to that one that I had in the past that I'm uh, remembering, and then to this one, I mean. If you have all of these other double daisy cutter options, this is a natural progression from those okay. other ones too. So yeah. I think let's go through one of their other web pages looking at different labels, and they've had a bunch of different double daisy cutters. And I remember seeing a few of them come out, and so this is just the, the most recent one. So if they're playing around with different things under I mean, this label to begin with, it makes sense to connect this one into that brand awareness. Sure. Makes sense. So don't hate, on um, brand awareness, brand synergy. <laughs> what I don't like is the way that... Bud Light hard seltzer? Yes, the way that <laughs> Anheuser-Busch, gosh, you know, AB, you had a place in my heart growing up in St. Louis, but man, you've watered down the Bud Light brand. I mean, come on. I mean, if we're talking about watering down <laughs> beer, you're pretty watered down. <laughs> But still, the whole brand is just ugh. Oh, it's like Bud Light this, Bud Light that, Bud Light, Bud Night. Bud Night was actually kind of funny. But, yeah, like the Bud Night. Uh, but like the Bud Night Platinum or Bud Light Platinum. Now that I mean, yeah, and what you said—they have got the uh, the seltzer. It's like that's not even beer. <laughs> Come on. Wow. Sorry, I just I can get pretty worked up. Wow, I didn't know you were so passionate about Bud Light. Well, in keeping that brand pure, <laughs> we all know how pure AB InBev is as a company. I blame InBev. They are. That's that's the dividing point when when okay. the, when the Belgian when the Belgians bought. Oh, Braz, No, they're Belgium. No, it's the they're Brazilian. Yeah, they. Well, either way, when the Braz, <laughs> uh, Brazilians bought them. It it just the it just went crazy. All the, the top end or it's just Brazil's. They're Brazilian. So Yeah. It's uh that's the that's the point where it just went crazy. Okay. <laughs> they were such a great company before that. <laughs> they were, they're family owned. Okay. <laughs> they did a lot of philanthropy. Oh, this is a strong beer. This is a lot of philanthropy and uh, the St. Louis area they are always donating to keep the museums and parks and stuff free I'm sure they still do some of that so it's just let's just move on alright you don't have to keep ranting so this is not a Bud company. Light situation it's not it's not at least half acre double half acres at least a beer it is yeah unlike Bud Light <laughs> unlike it's <Cold>. a beer <laughs> is that what you're saying? <laughs> no alright Bud Light's a beer it's <laughs> <laughs> meets the technical definition, I guess. Yes, it has water, yeast, hops, and grain. No, which I, is, I thought it had, well, rice. Rice, rice is a grain. Rice is a grain, yeah. I, I thought they didn't have yeast on as one of their ingredients. I thought that was, like, one of the things that... Did did it not when uh, they did that? I whole think when they initially page, yeah when they initially did they, it they were like calling out cores or something weren't they because they had like high fructose corn syrup no, or something or regular corn syrup not yeah, high like, fructose oh toast. sorry it had corn syrup in it yeah. these are sorry. different products yeah sorry but yeah yeah I remember that that ad came. they got sued too I think they even lost for some reason I don't know yeah that's yeah. an example of how how the Brazilians or Belgians really blew the Bud Light thing. Yeah, so their their thing was uh, just four ingredients. Barley, rice, hops, and water. So no yeast. So no mention of yeast. So it's not fermented. Well, no wonder it tastes so funny. (laughs) I googled Bud Light ingredients and one of the questions under people also ask is why is Bud Light so bad? (laughs) And then the next one is is Bud Light healthy? So, you know... (laughs) Well, if it's mostly water, then I guess it's probably fine. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Enough of that. Nonsense. Enough. <laughs> enough bashing of Annierz or Bush. <laughs> mostly Bud Light, but yeah. yes, also them in general. Where were we? We're <laughs> talking about Daisy Cutter and how you hate the fact that these are both yes, called Daisy Cutters. I do. Because but I they're like, so different. But I like both beers. That's the that's the bottom line. Is I like both beers. And okay. That that's my story, and I'm sticking to it. All right. Can't wait for that Daisy Cutter hard salt to come out. <laughs> I've actually, no, I did. I had some sips of a hard seltzer, but I've not had a whole one on my own. But I hear they're pretty good, especially when it's hot. They're perfectly fine for some occasions. I'll drink the occasional seltzer. All right, any final thoughts on Daisy Cutter and or fully saturated double Daisy Cutter? I know that we normally mention value and price, and I completely forget how much I paid for both of these. So, we're not. (laughs) Super. Super duper. But final thoughts are uh, Daisy Cutter, solid beer, great flagship for Half Acre. The double Daisy Cutter, very good. I think the, I I like, and I've mentioned it probably twice already, how much I like your pointing out the the smoothie description. Doesn't taste like a smoothie, but it has the feel in my mouth of a smoothie. (laughs) Or a mouthfeel. Yeah, it's almost like a West Coast and juicy comparison between the two. There you go, all right you uh, so I did a quick Google search and the fully saturated double daisy cutter is sold at everyone's favorite local liquor Depot uh, for a price of a four pack of 69 cans for 1799 okay that sound about right sounds right if it was the one that starts with the B then that's correct okay so that's that's what that price point is in I know that we've seen I, the regular I, for I think the regular was like nineteen ninety nine or something yeah for the twelve pack that sounds right that's always a great I think that's a, always a great deal that twelve uh twelve pack of regular daisy cutter seventeen was it set you said seventeen mm-hmm. something yeah seventeen eighty nine for the double fully saturated double daisy cutter uh four pack of sixteen hands and around twenty bucks sometimes you can find it a little too cheaper, but around twenty for a 12 pack of 12 ounce cans of regular daisy cutter. So both are good deals for what these beers are, I would say. I mean, and and we've kind of mentioned this before, our, our budgets are a little different. And so for me, this double daisy cutter is kind of a stretch and more of a, uh, I mean, is, is it priced right? Probably. For me, it's kind of more of a, a splurge beer. Yeah. Whereas the regular daisy cutter at 20 bucks for the 12 is a little bit more palatable. Well, What interesting beer news have you heard recently, Micah? Well, Russell, I know that uh, a few episodes ago we talked about some hijinks under the high seas off of the coast of... Was it Argentina? I believe it was Argentina last time. Well, it's not hijinks, but there's some uh, shipwrecks that are proving to be quite interesting for the beer world. Off the coast of Scotland, Hmm. there was a wrecked ship from... It was called... The Walt. Oh, man. <laughs> now, when I read it in my mind, I wasn't pronouncing it out loud. But now that I'm doing it out loud, we'll say Wallachia? Yeah, w- sure. Wallachia? Wallachia. Wallachia? Anyway, that's the name of the ship. It's a cargo ship. Wallachia. Wallachia? Sure. All right. Well, For- let's stick with one. Is it Wallachia? What? I- <laughs> you pick... Well, the Wall... The <laughs> Oh, oh. <laughs> you're, you're introing this. So you picked the pronunciation and we'll, we'll go with it. The, the, Wal Wallachia, Wallachia. It sounds difficult. Let's go with Wallachia. Okay. So the Wallachia <laughs> is a cargo ship that sank in 1895 off uh, the Scottish coast following a collision with another vessel in heavy fog mm. where this collides with, and that's, uh, pun was on purpose where that collides with the beer news is that there was uh like hundreds of bottles of beer on board or thousand i forget what it was but there was lots of bottles of beer on board Mm -hmm. and there's been a diver who's goes who's been going down there since the 1980s and recently he's been pulling up a few bottles to bring to a, a lab to extract the live yeast that's inside. Yeah. So it was uh, the article. do you mention it's from uh, oh, BBC? No. Yeah. It's from the BBC. The article was uh, titled, The Treasure Inside Beer Lost in a Shipwreck 120 Years Ago. Yeah. By Chris. Oh, God. Ber, Beraniak on uh, the 22nd of June, 2021. Oh, that was my birthday. Yeah. Oh. Happy belated birthday. Thanks. The ship was carrying thousands of bottles of alcoholic beverages, including whiskey, gin, and beer. Um, And many of them were preserved in the cold water. And you could pick them up, and he would go down and, and grab bottles and bring them back up with him. Yeah. The article mentioned he's going to a research firm called Brew Lab. Who, along with the colleagues from the University of Sunderland, were able to extract live yeast from the liquid inside three of the bottles. Then they used that yeast in an attempt to recreate the original beer. So it's really cool that you know they were that these bottles were so well preserved. Uh, the article talks about the cold water really preserving that yeast and keeping that yeast there and you know, mostly dormant, but still alive enough for them to. Um, to pull out and use it, I believe one of the diving partners um, tried the beer that was that was made from it, and it was a a stout. One of the diving partners uh, said that he tried the the result, which is a seven point five percent ABV stout. Says I certainly got coffee and chocolate from it. and That's Andy Pilly or Pille. Did we say the name of the diver Hickman? Oh no, Steve I didn't. Hickman. Steve Hickman. Yeah. yeah, Steve Hickman was the name of the, the diver. Um, so he was helping Steve Hickman on this latest dive um, that they're talking about, and bringing the the beer to Brew Lab to pull out the yeast and then brew the beer. What i kind of kind of fascinating about it is we talk about uh, at least you know from my little bit of knowledge of sort of keeping up with beer news. Uh, our trends is that, you know, they want to try different, breweries want to try different hops, different variations of hops or combinations Mm -hmm. of hops. You don't really hear a lot of different yeasts being used. And this article kind of describes that you can get a different, almost mouthfeel from the different yeast, depending on which yeast you use. Even the, the lab, I think, talked about how they brewed Three different beers, same recipe. The only thing they changed was the the yeast that they used, and mm-hmm. so you could tell the difference in the in depending on which yeast was used. So, kind of seems interesting way for, or maybe another trend that might come or may not. I don't know. I'm no, I'm no expert, but could be the next thing that people are toying with. Yeah, I mean, I've heard of some breweries toying toying with different. E strains and some will come into popularity and then kind of go out. But it, it seems like this article made it seem like most breweries are kind of using just a few different E strains. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are people out there that are trying to like, they're finding these like ancient E strains and they're like, hey, what well, can this was used, you know, hundreds of thousands of years ago for? brewing or distilling or, um, bread making, bread making. It, it talks about, um, like an Egyptian yeast that was used to make bread mm-hmm. that was, they think similar to bread that was used back then. Um, as a different like experiment, uh, with these yeast strains. And so, you know, you think like, why did these strains go out of popularity and yeah. use? What, you know, what could, could maybe they, uh, like, were too expensive, or because you know, yeast got really expensive when everyone was making bread at the beginning of the pandemic. It was impossible <laughs> to find yeast for a while there. It was. Um, so, like, maybe there it was just hard to get, or, or whatever. So, they find found ones that are a little bit easier to get, or you know, but it's easier to kind of keep yeast alive and cultivate it now than it was back then. So, yeah. Um, so, it's we can try to bring these some of these back. I thought it was really interesting reading an article when it writing about Steve Hickman opening the bottles and saying in the nineteen eighties <laughs> when he first started doing it that they were just about drinkable. Yeah, just about drinkable. Was, was that <laughs> how he did how uh, he said it. He said he brought the bottles home, poured them in glasses. The beverage was nearly hundred years old at the times, so slowly and developed a thick, creamy head, almost like Guinness. Uh, but that's where the magic ended. <laughs> that's a great line. But that's where the magic ended. <laughs> it had the most atrocious smell, says Hickman. A sort of salty, putrefied smell. I think that would be the best description. It didn't taste any better, he adds. <laughs> so he, he tried yeah, some of it. I would have tried it too. I would I would be like curious yeah. about trying it, but I don't know if I would want to based on how old and just sitting in the ocean this was for a hundred years. I'm not saying I drink the whole thing, but I, you know, just get a little, just a taste, just a, you know, I don't know, just That's, something rare. The article points out as a journal point, drinking old <laughs> liquids might not be safe because you can't be <laughs> sure whether they <laughs> contain harmful bacteria or chemicals. So you just, you gotta be cautious with this. And if it smells like that, I don't know if I wanna drink it. How about uh, the story of, he, I don't know where it is on this article, but he was talking about how he took it to his mom's house or something. Yeah, his parents' house. Sat it on the counter, they went into another room or something, and all of a sudden it exploded everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> Michael says, the bottle said had other surprises, including a habit of exploding, says Hickford. <laughs> There's Yikes. a lot of stories of exploding beers now, but those are usually from re-fermentation. <laughs> Not so much... Uh, I would say pressure changes. (laughs) (laughs) You know. With the you know coming from sitting at the bottom of the ocean for a hundred years. Yeah. I like how it said it it burst while they were in another room spraying stinking (laughs) decaying beer everywhere. (laughs) It took a long time to clean up he remembers. (laughs) I wonder how long it just lingered in that house. Oh my gosh. Just sell it. (laughs) As is. Burn the house down. Arson. I mean, that. just think about how bad that would smell. Yeah, would be. I mean, I've been to some places after there have been parties in there, you know, the next day or whatever, yeah. at college or whatever, and that smells. Mm-hmm. I, can't, I can't even imagine. It's just like, yeah, wow. But yeah, I also thought it was interesting, uh, this distiller from Indiana, uh, Spirits of French Lick. Mm-hmm. Have you heard of them? No, I haven't. Alan Bishop is his name he uh he has the title of alchemist and lead distiller at spirits of french lick a distillery in indiana and he's been taking i guess you know indiana and i guess i think he went down to kentucky even and he was going to all these shuttered old distilleries that shut down from um from uh prohibition yes thank you (laughs) They shut down from prohibition and uh, and they never reopened. But he just sat stuff in there to try to collect anything that was just any yeast that might have just been in the air from mm-hmm. you know the 1930s, or I guess that was would have been 1920s. I think that's kind of interesting, yeah. I like, like they call it bioprospecting, yeah. Bioprospecting, exactly. Yeah, so that was interesting. And then he, you know, he takes that and you know, distills from it and and has some, I'm sure, unique offerings because of that. A lot of experimentation. You know, um, that the article goes. So it's a really long article, but it's really, it's all really interesting because it kind of pivots from Steve Hickman and in gathering the bottles from the shipwreck into what other people are doing with these, you know, wild yeasts and and trying to use that. And that's where we got the Egyptian bread story and and a few others in here as well and there's even some um, some talk about like the specific yeast strains that they found in the beer and and you know was that expected was that unexpected and all of that so it's it's a good article it's uh, definitely worth the read again from the uh, bbc.com and and I would say check it out and, and and if you get a chance to come across some beer that was made from yeast from the shipwreck. Go ahead and try that. Yeah. Or if you know of a shipwreck that had beer and you have somehow procured it, I yeah. will take a taste. Russell will not. Probably not, no. There's got to be a lot of shipwrecks out in Lake Michigan. There had to have been some beer on there. Yeah, there's, there's quite a bit in that great place. Let's just go diving and find some. Mm. <laughs> pass on that. <laughs> Hard pass. Hard pass. Yes. So uh, I did like the article ended and um, said that Steve Hickman, in the 30 total years that he's been diving, has noticed a lot of deterioration in the shipwreck and only expects the boat to be in any kind of good condition for another 20 or 30 years. So I think he's trying to get out as much as he can in the meantime. Yeah, it mentioned he pulled out other spirits yeah. out of there. Was it was it uh, Whiskey and Gin? Whiskey. And- those are meant to age more than beer, right? Well, they don't. Oh, I'm just curious. They don't age when they're in the bottle. Oh, they get aged in the barrel. But they're or whiskey. Don't they, they doesn't really go in the in barrels or anything? But they last longer, though, right? Than beer. Well, yeah. Like the shelf life. The shelf life is longer. But do you think? I'm just curious. It doesn't mention in the article. I'm curious if he tried tried the that and I imagine he did, and it was also the same <laughs> terrible smell. <laughs> also. A rotting corpse in his house. Yeah. Yeah. But it is a long read, and it is interesting if you're into deep-sea diving and yeast and beer or just science in general. Yeah. So, check it out. Absolutely. Anything else going on, uh, news-wise? There's a lot of other things going on in the world in general. Well, uh, but, like, specifically, like, beer, one thing that stood out to me was a, a story I saw just just a couple days ago. And I, you're a big hockey fan, right? I am, I do I'm I'm wearing my St. Louis Blues twenty nineteen Stanley Cup yeah. champ t-shirt. So yes, I like hockey. Yes. I became a hockey fan when the Blackhawks were good. Yeah. And now they're bad and I don't care about <laughs> hockey again. So fair fair weather, fair, fair for weather for sure. I've been a I've been a blues fan since almost birth. No one cares. <laughs> But speaking of hockey, <laughs> for those that don't follow, the Tampa Bay Lightning won the Stanley Cup this year, just just like a week or so ago yeah. or something like that. Tampa Bay? Yeah, yeah, okay. Well, the Buccaneers and then the Lightning like three years or two years in a row. If you are wanting to celebrate the Tampa Bay I know you won't because you won't at no. San But if if any of our listeners want to celebrate the Tampa Bay Lightning Stanley Cup championship, Uh, head down to Tampa and go ahead and drink a beer called Champions Ice, which is made from ice from their hockey arena, Uh, Amelie Arena, Amelie? (laughs) It's your turn. Yeah, it's my turn. I don't know. (laughs) So an article uh, just on July 12th, a couple of days ago from the recording of this podcast from WFLA News Channel 8. (laughs) On your, <laughs> on your side, <laughs> is it? Is it really is on your side. Yeah, oh News Channel Eight on your. There's a News Channel on your side eight. <laughs> well, it's, yeah, News Channel Eight. We, they're on your side. The NBC affiliate down in Tampa. Actually, it's funny. I think that I think all the NBC affiliates are on your side because the channel Channel Five in St. Louis is the NBC, and they are also on your side. Okay, so there you go. NVC affiliates are on your side. (laughs) Uh, Tampa bars uh, and restaurants begin serving Champions Ice beer, made from the ice uh, that the Stanley Cup champion lightning skate on. So several bars and restaurants, uh, beer from Coors Light, Coors Light Champions Ice, um, starting just a couple of days ago, the same day as the boat parade was planned. (laughs) Uh, to celebrate the Lightning Stanley Cup victory. It's made from actual ice on which the Lightning won the, the championship. It's a taste of sweat and spit and blood. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there might be a tooth or two. <laughs> God. I Oh, my re- like? Did they really take and melt the ice and collect enough of it in water form to make, I forget, they said... Uh, uh, 75 cakes? Like, yeah. 75 cakes th- worth. I don't know. I, I almost want to call BS on that. So we'd have to figure out how much water is used to make the ice for a normal Stanley Cup or a normal <laughs> NHL arena, right? Yeah. So we'd have to figure that out. And then from there, it's like how much water, additional water, would be needed to make <coughs> this special addition. Yeah. Or do they just like water down some Coors Light. Wait. That's already watered fairly down. watered down. Yeah. Yeah. It's already fairly watered down beer and they just watered it down more and called cool. it champion's ice beer. Or maybe they just use it they use it as ice shavings because isn't like isn't you know, isn't it like ice cold isn't that the whole thing for <laughs> It's got the uh Oh man, there's the It, month, it had the, the mountains turn, that turned blue that turned when blue. it was cold. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. And is it real Coors Light if it's not made with the Rocky Mountain water? Yes, thank you. That's all in their ads. Yeah. Thank you. Brilliant. So. That is. That's not Coors. Yeah. Well, it's a it's champion's ice. Oh, sorry. Coors. Sure. I'm sure they use Rocky Mountain water and and ice. Well, where did I they brew it? Ice. Did they brew it in Florida? Did they brew it in Colorado? Yeah, I don't think. Did they have to move is. the Colorado water to Florida? They probably just shipped it. So, is there any other? <laughs> Just to extrapolate this just a little for absurdity's sake, are there other playing surfaces of champion sports teams that they could use to somehow enhance the Peru process? I'm thinking like if the Bears win the Super Bowl, could they like take grass clippings from soldiers uh, soldiers' field and then like it's not plural oh, it's just one soldier oh, whatever soldier field and uh Zoom. Sorry, I'm from St. Louis what do I know so it's soldier people in <laughs> Chicago call it soldier's field people not from Chicago call what? it but it's real name. wait you you did put a plural on that I said people from Chicago call it soldier's field oh that's like what well I did I just said I it know so I'm just field. saying you're becoming a Chicagoan right? oh by putting the S oh, at the okay end. I'm sorry unne- the that was unne- a compliment well it's the unnecessary S yes, like yeah like going to the jewels <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's true yeah okay well thanks so I feel like go. I'm now, like, a part of this town. Yeah, you're, you're, you've are you morphed into <laughs> Soldier's Field. <laughs> Soldier's Field. Anyway, they could take grass clippings from there and, like, put it in Probably as it's fermenting. No, if they make it that far, there's no grass left. <laughs> That's true. There's really no grass left in December when they're not making it that far. They're, they're pretty much, yeah, they're pretty much playing on dirt. Yeah. It's a terrible field. It's, it's garbage all the way. Or, like, Wimbledon? You take some grass from Wimbledon, or okay. Got it. All right. Okay. You're going to make a barrel from... Yes. The <laughs> bulls win the, the, the title again for the whatever time. I don't think it's oak. And they take the wood from the floor and make it into a barrel and then you ferment it in there. I don't, I don't think that's going to work too well. <laughs> I don't think that, that wood is oak. I don't think it's... Pine? <laughs> is it pine? <sighs> Would you get pine notes? So I think one of the reasons why oak is used for barrels so much is because when you make it into that barrel, it becomes, like, watertight, whereas, like, other woods, spring leaks really easily. Mm. So, like, one of the reasons why they use oak and not pine is because the pine can't hold water and Mm. liquids in. All right. So my understanding as to why oak became so popular for for barrels is because they seal it nicely. All right. So that's not gonna happen. It's probably not. I doubt they use oak for the NBA. I don't know Kevin, what kind of wood they use. To be fair, but my guess is it's not oak. All yeah, right. So we're saying that it's just gonna be a hockey thing. Yeah. I remember one of the Blackhawks championships from the early two thousands. I heard on the radio you could buy like a part of the ice rink. So like a little, they would give you like it was a little vial of water and was like, hey. This is from the United Center. It's from the ice rink. It's just melted. Sure, it was. It's probably just tap water. Tap water. <laughs> it's like, I almost guarantee that it was just tap water. <laughs> <laughs> they put it in and were selling it. Mm-hmm. But I was like, I heard this right now. I was like, I'm sure people would oh, buy it. it. Sure, I'm sure. And and they like, paid it's, a premium. It's authentic United Center ice. It's just melted. Mom, there's a tooth floating in this one. What <laughs> happened? That would, that would make me feel like it would be more authentic, to be honest. If I got one with a tooth, I'd be like, this is real. 100% real. 100%. Yeah. Oh, man. Because for one of them, might have been the first one, uh, their defenseman, Duncan Keith, got oh, took man. a puck to the face and lost like three or four teeth, and then was playing the next day because that's what hockey players do because they're insane. Yeah. He's not – he uh... – is he retiring? He's not going to be at the team. He just got traded. Yeah. Oh, he yeah, got traded. Oh, to the oil Oilers. Oilers? Yeah. yeah. Is the man's name Duncan or Keith? I need to know. They're both his name. Oh. Okay. I always get messed up when people have, like, two first names, but they're like, like the last name is like a first name. I mean, it's his first name is Duncan. His last name is Keith. I know. But it's both. Those are both his names. That joke was most from mostly for my wife because whenever, his name would come up, like uh, Doc Emmerich. On the calls for the... Because I watch. I watched the, the the Hawks win. Sure. And uh, Doc Emmerich would call out his name. I'm like, is the man's name Duncan or Keith? It's not a very good joke. It's not a good joke, but I like it. And I'm going to stick with it. Okay. Well, good luck with that. Thanks. <laughs> it's really got off the rails on this whole Duncan Keith tangent you took aside. <laughs> I was just it's, saying, it's... It's, an... it's good beer, so we're going to go on some tangents here. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I was just saying... I'd probably be more interested in buying a beer that was made from the hockey ice than getting a vial of it. Yeah. Oh, that's true. Yeah. I mean, if my choices were to pay, like, 50 bucks for a vial... It's probably 100 or 200 okay. or something. I, I thought 50 was high. It's higher. probably triple digits. Okay, so if it's, like, triple digits money, even at the low end, $100, and even if it was the blue surface, whatever they're calling it now, I think Enterprise Center... I would not pay that. I'd rather drink the Coors Light that they may have made from it, or claimed to make from it. I mean, they had to use some to make that claim, right? I mean, yeah, I guess since it's Coors, I don't know. There's more scrutiny, so they probably had to use some. Yeah. It's a pretty big company. Now, would that beer be described as dank, considering all the sweat and blood and stuff that may have spit ended up on it? They probably filtered that out. (laughs) But would the the essence of the dankness kind of come through. Yeah, you you just distill all that stuff out. That's true. I mean, I think one of our first episodes, they like made beer out of poo out water. Of poo water. So it was totally fine. It was totally fine. So yeah. yeah, there you go. If you can make beer out of poo water, you can make it out of an you, ice. You ring. can get all the teeth and and blood and stuff yeah. out of the ice. It's true. But we're not a hockey podcast. We are the 4E podcast. That's right. I think it's been a, a fantastic episode, if you're asking me. But I'm a little bit biased, <laughs> clearly. Uh, well, wrap us up here, Micah. Sure. So we are the 4E podcast. We just uh, talked about ice rinks yes. and beer, and which is water. Yeah. We talked about the yeast from mm-hmm. the sunken ships. Loose lips, sink ships. That's right world war Two, world war one which one did it i think two two we'll look that up but we're also not, not more, a world war Two. ii I think there's podcast. more there's more boats in two uh probably yeah i mean there's some boats in one obviously yeah i mean there were boats in the civil war yeah that's so, true I mean, geez but we're not a war podcast right Definitely not a boat podcast. <laughs> oh, it seems like it now. I mean, there's two articles on sunken ships. Yeah. So. We're, we're turning into a sunken ship podcast. That's really what... This is the transition. <laughs> this is where we jump the ship. Or jump the shark. Whatever. I'm mixing my metaphors. We're, we're making a slow... We're, we're pivoting. Pit? Pivoting. Yeah. <laughs> In a year or two, no one will even remember this was a beer podcast. Yeah, they would just think that we like to drink while we talk about sucking chips, like oh, no, they're they're cracking open something while they're talking about this the, you know, can we record it in a, a while we're having people singing like a a sea shanty chant thing in the background? No, no, okay, all right. So we talked water, we talked yeast, <laughs> we talked about double daisy cutter and regular daisy cutter and fully saturated. Double oh, daisy cutter. excuse me. Yes. Fully saturated double daisy cutter, which is fully saturating me and my bladder. Okay. Uh, so we just slow this down a bit. <laughs> that's right. And just start pouring water out of one glass into the other. <laughs> um, and we talked about, uh, I don't know, a bunch of stuff. We had fun, though. I had fun. Did you have fun? I did have fun. Hopefully you guys had fun, too. Follow the Instagram and Twitter. <laughs> Russell's definitely pouring water. I mean, this uh, regular couch might get wet. That's It's your couch. It's by me and <laughs> Alright, enough of that nonsense. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, follow at the 4E podcast on Twitter. And on Instagram, leave us a review. Okay, Google. Give the Four E podcast four star review, five. Damn it! I did it again. <laughs> we don't want four. Damn it! Yes, five. Okay, Google. Ignore Micah. <laughs> Would that just mute me when he's listening to the podcast? I don't know. Oh. I hope but, so. Just you, though. <laughs> just you. They're just going to hear you. <laughs> Which could be more entertaining. Let's just be honest. It'd be uh, confusing for sure. <laughs> And you're only getting half the conversation. Yeah, you make your your silly jokes, and I'm just like, no, no. Mm-mm. It's like, why does he just say no all the time? <laughs> uh, so yeah, leave some good reviews. Russell will uh, read just about anything we checked before the show and uh, or the recording, and there were okay. no. I'll read the reviews, not just about anything. Let's not open the door. That's no, yeah, not any like promises. Yeah, sorry. I mean, we're just yeah. I'm not going to promise your money back. I'm yeah. not going to promise he'll read anything. But if you put it in the review, he will read it. I'll read. I'll read your reviews. So do that. Leave us a review. Leave us a review. I'll read it on Apple because I don't really check the other ones. Yeah, that's actually the key because we're just definitely not going to be checking the other ones. <laughs> <laughs> just to be perfectly honest, <laughs> this is a free. Our, this is a free podcast With our listeners. So leave it on Apple and we'll read your review. Yeah. And uh, if we like it enough, maybe we'll ask you to be a guest on the podcast yeah we've got some probably not things and <laughs> things in the hopper we might have a couple of guests coming up we may not but keep listening and, and who and knows we might we might be talking about more sun and chips <laughs> that's right all right enjoy don't think about beer <laughs> that's right don't think about beer oh okay you ready i'm ready <laughs> i was waiting for you Which <laughs> am sure that gets in What's that? Yeah, you ready? Yeah, yeah. Right. then make sure I get sent. Oh, I will. No, like, don't, but... No, I will. All right. They're at the end. <laughs> a little... A little teaser. Yeah. A little after credit scene. That, like the MCU? Yeah. <laughs> or the MCU of podcasting. We are definitely that. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to have our whole podcasting universe going. Yeah. No. Don't think about fear. Don't think about fear. Don't think about fear.